Hi, it's Rebecca Whitman, your host of the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. I'm a top-rated life coach, an international best-selling author, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I'm on a mission to help you go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. The experts on this show will help you achieve work-life balance so that you can experience abundance in seven pillars of life, spirituality, health, emotions, romance, mindset, social, and financial life. When you have all seven pillars of life in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. Let's go. Hello, hello, welcome. Welcome to day eight of Evolutionary Empowerment. Today is all about visibility, about showing up in your unique way, that your authentic self is welcome in this world. So welcome into this space. I'm so excited for today. Let's see who we have here. Hello, we have Gulvig from Arizona, USA, and Rebecca here from LA in California. Sue is in Cleveland, Ohio. Everyone say good morning, good afternoon, good evening to wherever, to everyone coming into this space. Let's feel that connection. We have Soren from Romania, Nancy from upstate New York. Oh my goodness, isn't it so wonderful to be together, to bring our energy together, to show up together and no longer feel alone, that our authentic, that our true self, that the things that we think about when we're quiet and alone are actually you know, that we're not the odd one. We're not the one, <laughs> the, the odd duckling out. And so it's just so wonderful that you have shown up here for yourself and that you are, t- you know, that you are on this pursuit of personal growth and that you are sharing, that you are, you have that calling within you. It's what I call the cosmic hero's journey. You have that calling within you to fulfill whatever it is that you're here to fulfill in the world. And one of the biggest things that spiritual people come up against, and I'm going to shift so that I can see all of you here, but I want to, I want to just take a little vote with those that are here live. Have you ever, or do you have somewhat of a push-pull relationship with money? Anyone have a push-pull relationship with money, which is that that spiritual ideal of, you know, like the monks in Tibet who don't charge for their services. There's a whole, yeah, I see hands raised. There's a whole spiritual ideal of, uh, you know, not not accepting money. And then there's this this other side of, oh, but I need it, right? I need it in order to, to sustain my lifestyle. And so money has had such, it's had such... Uh, such propaganda against it. It is holding an energy that is completely unfair to what it is. And especially women, especially women are so systematically disempowered around money. And so a question to ask yourself is, what is my money story? Think of what was your first awareness as a young child? What was your first awareness around money? 
Was it a positive experience? Was it a negative experience? And that likely will have informed your relationship with money. And yes, it's a relationship. This is something uh, in our inner circle, which goes straight after today's session. I'm going to be doing a connection with the inner child. And this is something you could explore if you want. Uh, you also get a one-on-one -on -one call with me and you get all of the replays from this series. So how phenomenal has this series been? I'll see, like, put some, like, hands up if you think this series has been amazing. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. I love that. I'm so glad it's supporting you. If you'd love to listen again, if this is high-vibe content, you'd love to listen to it again, do grab the inner circle. It's just $88. My assistant will pop it in the chat there for you, and you get replays to everything, including the panel sessions and the inner circle as well. Without further ado, I'm so delighted to bring up a soul sister here, Rebecca Whitman. Rebecca, how are you? I am so excited to be here. It's wonderful. I love the energy of this group. It's international. It's incredible. Thank you. We're so happy to have you. And without further ado, I'd like to also bring up Gulvig Grunwald as well. Hello, Gulvig. How are you? There we are. <laughs> Hello, hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I love the energy of this group already. Um, and I can't wait to see where this goes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So good. Okay, so I want to start and I want to preface this that the people who are here in this audience, they have um, shared with me that what they're really looking for is belief in themselves. And a way to foster that is in strong feminine role models that they can base their you know their belief in themselves and have the courage have the courage in order to step up onto their stage to share their unique gifts and one of the things that that I'm asking each of the experts is to share their hero story because it's only through that pressure of the birth canal that whatever it is that we're here to bring into the world is birth. So I want to share a little bit about Rebecca. For those who don't know her yet, Rebecca Whitman is the Magnetic Abundance Mentor. She is an international best-selling author and graduated with honors from Princeton University. Her philosophy divides life into seven pillars of abundance. So write these down, okay? These include spiritual, physical, emotional, romantic, mental, social, and the big one we're going to be covering today, financial. And she helps people achieve balance within these seven areas so they ex can experience more fun and freedom in life. Who wants more fun and freedom in life? Put in the chat fun, right? Put in the chat fun. Or if it's freedom that you want, put in the chat the word freedom. I get to see all of your incredible responses here. Put the word fun or put the word freedom. Yes, okay, fun and freedom. We're in the right place. Okay, thank you so much. If you see me looking here, I'm taking your questions. I'm reading your chat. And so my first question for you, Rebecca, is what is your hero's journey that led you to become the Magnetic Abundance Mentor? 
I will tell you, I've had quite a journey. I have, uh, I moved to LA 20 years ago to pursue acting and I had small parts on big shows like Friends, CSI, and 24. And I studied a lot about the law of attraction and I had achieved mastery of it in finance. I was making six figures, working part-time. I loved the children's acting school business. And during uh, that time, I was 39 years old and I was like, I have got to meet my husband. Like, this is it. My biological clock is boom, boom, boom on me. So I picked a man that I would not have married had I not had that biological clock ticking and social pressure to get married and have a kid. We got married. It was a very painful relationship. It was toxic, emotional abuse, constant criticism of me and everything about me from head to toe and everything I did. It felt like I was running the marathon of life. And instead of cheering me on, he was like, you look fat in those shorts watch out for that banana peel. It was very painful. So I decided to file for a divorce after three years of marriage. And as my divorce was proceeding painfully, because he would not move out, uh, my dad was dying. And in one of the last conversations with my dad, he said, Rebecca, I want you to write something. I don't care what you write, just share your life philosophy. So my dad ended up having his funeral on a Wednesday. My divorce was finalized on a Friday. And it was a very painful time in my life, but I used my seven pillars of abundance to keep going and keep showing up. And a few months later, I was sitting in my financial planner's office and he's like, Rebecca, I'm looking at your finances and you've had your best fiscal year ever. You actually became a millionaire, yet I know you lost your dad in your marriage this year. So I think you should write a book and empower women on what you did to be so resilient. And that's when I wrote the book how to make a six-figure income working part-time, which has led me to coach women to go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I was voted life coach of the year. I just got voted top seven entrepreneurs in Los Angeles by LA Weekly last week. And it was all because of the pain of that marriage and the, the painful loss of my dad. That spurred me to go through the birth canal, as you say, Rose, and recreate and reinvent my life and create a whole movement where women do not have to be burned out or overwhelmed. They can be balanced, beautiful, and abundant. So that is my story. Oh, I'm I'm holding back tears because I'm wearing mascara and we still have 50 minutes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Does that deeply resonate for anyone here, right? That pain. We heard yesterday from one of the speakers, Dr. Summer, talking about, you know, how pain has a purpose. And you're, again, whenever I do these shows, there's the exact same theme that happens, right? Every speaker ends up saying the exact same thing, but in a different way, right? And you're, so here, again, that pain actually, is what birthed something that was that was that you were you know here f- to move through so anyone listening if that also deeply resonated with you you know just recognize that yes there is pain there is suffering suffering is part of life but through that pain can be born something really beautiful and so thank you for sharing that and you know there's a very uh, deep things and, and very vulnerable and personal things. So thank you for inspiring people with the truth. I actually didn't know that we had uh, ex-husbands that were so similar in common. We get to talk about that. Um, <laughs> I think what's interesting is the synchronicities. So your father, you know, it sounds like a dying wish was for you to write your book. And then here is your financial planner 
saying, hey, write your book. And I'm pulling that out because, you know, the universe gives you whispers, right? It gives you the messages and can you see them and not brush them off as coincidences, but really see they are synchronous. I mean, I don't know, you know, your belief, but, you know, what if your father was moving through the voice of that financial planner? You know, we don't, you know, or, or if it was a synchronicity. So powerful. So powerful. I have a follow-up question for you, but I do want to introduce Gulvig. So Gulvig helps people remember their joy, purpose, and freedom by reconnecting to nature and healing wounds from the past. She has 20 years, over 20 years of experience and has guided hundreds of individuals. She sees that when people have the guidance and support that aligns them with their joy, this can take them from victim to victorious. So they are free to live a life on their own terms. And so I'm sure this was not always easy for you, Gulvig. So what is your hero's journey to inspire our audience that led you into it supporting women to find their purpose through joy? So my story begins at the beginning. And um, so I came from a very unusual childhood. Um, I was born and raised on a carnival. My parents owned a carnival and I learned how to grow up very quickly. And so even though I was given a very good work ethic, it was incredibly imbalanced. I learned how to be a really good workaholic. And that translated into my 30s, working myself to the ground. And I ended up in 2008 in foreclosure. The man that I had been with for 10 years decided he wanted to go live in South America. I didn't. Um, And I ended up moving to Arizona to live with my mom and start over. And through that murky through the veil, kind of figuring out, just feeling out what came next to me. Cause I had no idea. I had no idea what my purpose was. I had no idea what freedom even really felt like. And I had a vague idea of what joy was. And quite frankly, exploring what joy was, was the thing that gave me, oh, getting, I'm getting emotional. It gave me the life raft that I needed to align with my purpose. So my perspective is when we are aligned with our joy, that, uh, that's what aligns us with our purpose. It can act as a compass to align us with our purpose. And the byproduct of that is freedom. So um, we have kind of some misunderstandings in this culture as to what joy is. We are spoon-fed distraction and, and entertainment as joy. And so a lot of the work is inner child healing and start unpacking what really lights you up. And even if it has nothing to do with your actual career, it will align you with the purpose and it will align you with the prosperity. And then that ended up into a 20 year career starting at age 35, um, where now I am Um, helping other people find their purpose, their truth, and their freedom. And um, I'm working on a book called uh, The Spirit of Money, Meet the Goddess That You Work With Every Day. And that is a book that I channeled um, through teaching an entrepreneurial course for intuitive guides and spiritual coaches. Um, During that class, 
as soon as the topic money came up, it was fine when we were talking about marketing. It was fine when we were talking about anything about business. But as soon as money came up, the entire vibe of the class shifted. It was like this kind of body language. And so I went home and I was like, spirit, you've got to tell me, like, how am I supposed to teach about business if we can't talk about money? And within 45 minutes, I had an epic tale of the goddess money. And essentially the gist of it is to push her away and to demonize her is essentially like demonizing a victim. And because it's not money that is the fault She's a victim of control, power, and desire that's run amok, um, just as we are. She's part of the hierarchy that, that we're part of. And so to heal her is to embrace her. I can't wait to ask you more about that. We already have um, my new friend, Shannon, who's also one of our speakers, posted in the comments like, ooh, where can I pre-order that? That's exactly what I asked you, Goldberg, when you mentioned this book, right? Clearly this, again, is something that was here to be birthed through you. Um, And I want to ask you more about that. But thank you so much for sharing that. What I really heard there is how you felt like you had to grow up too quickly. And what that can do for the inner child is push down and ostracize that part of us that does enjoy fun and 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 experiences the the true authentic joy and that is just those are the parts that are creative those are the parts that are typically divinely feminine that that are oppressed within us and cast into the shadow and so you know being parentified as well myself I completely understand that journey of you know reclaiming our innate joy and what truly brings us joy and I love Love that you brought up distraction. So for our audience, I think a way to, you know, maybe write that down is what brings me joy versus what is a distraction? What am I distracting myself with? We can get a great dopamine hit buying something new, right? Buying some clothes or something like that. But what has sustaining joy in our life? What truly lights up our soul? And I want to ask you more about that. But um, coming back to Rebecca, many women here, unsurprisingly, because of the patriarchy with unequal pay and not valuing the feminine arts, are struggling to generate enough money to experience financial freedom. Often women can adopt a masculine mask in order to compete with the men for whom the system was set up to be successful for and leads to burnout and then a necessity to regain balance. So how do we create financial abundance without burnout? Yes, that is a great question. So burnout is depletion of mind, body, spirit. Burnout is exhaustion. So how to create uh, abundance while not burning out has everything to do with self-care. Self-care isn't selfish. So if you think of your energy as a cup of tea. I know you're from England. You guys love tea. Um, If you keep pouring out the tea and giving, giving, giving of yourself to your employer, to your kids, to your husband, to your friends, eventually you're going to burn out and run out of life energy or life force prana. And when you keep pouring from an empty cup, you eventually burn out. You create dis-ease in the body. Some some women give to the point of disease and even death. So burnout is life and death. Self-care is the antidote. So what practices can you create around self-care? 
I really believe in having a morning practice every single day, no matter what, where you feed your soul and feed your spirit and you connect to the divine. And if that means getting up earlier, it's worth it because you'll get so much more energy from that morning practice. And if your mornings are just absolutely too packed and you can't do it, you can do it as an evening practice. But set aside each day that you're going to connect. I, As my gift, I'm actually going to give you guys an abundance journal. And this journal has changed my life. Every morning I write in my abundance journal, it frames my day. It helps me learn from others. It helps me recalibrate my mind from negative scarcity thinking to abundance thinking. And this abundance journal is a huge part of my self-care. The next thing is exercise. Plan your day around your workout. If you don't have time to work out, take the steps, park far away, feed your body. This is so important that you feed your body. And then if you have the money to get a massage, get a massage. I don't care if it's weekly, monthly, bi-weekly. If you can't get a massage, that's okay. Get a Theragun. Do something to move the energy in your body out. Take baths, stretch, do yoga, meditate, self-care. When you do self-care, you're refilling that teacup and then you can go out and make money and be of service and be a great friend and a great sister and a great wife and a great mom. So self-care is how you do it. And uh, and then the other part is setting up your schedule where you have boundaries around your self-care so you don't say, oh, I've got a meeting, I got to this, I have to skip my workout, I have to skip my massage, I have to skip my meditation, having strong boundaries around your self-care practice. And that's so hard, especially for women, right? How can people make that switch if they do believe it's selfish to take care of themselves? Because I think as much as maybe in this you know, recent age, we might be hearing, okay, self-care comes first, put boundaries around ourselves. But there's still the conditioning that still is very deeply ingrained. And so what could someone do today that's listening to just, you know, take that first step of, of, of reframing, of shifting that, of really understanding that it is actually selfish to give to everyone else first and deplete yourself and not give your gifts into the world, right? Um, yeah, what can someone do as a first step today? When you think of it, women are programmed to give, 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 and that's being a good woman, being a nurturer, being a giver. What is something that you could do today is to realize don't do anything out of fear, obligation, or guilt. Because when I show up out of fear, obligation of guilt, because I should, or because I'm supposed to, I'm not truly showing up as my feminine, radiant, beautiful self, because I'm showing up with an attitude of obligation. And we know what that feels like. And that's not actually helping anyone. So I would say, unless something is really lighting you up, and unless something is a heck yes, don't do it. Walk away from the heck maybes. And definitely walk away from the heck knows. And it, it does take a lot of strength. And it does take a community of other women like this one that are also showing up only when it resonates with them. So I would say, look at your calendar. And if you're doing something out of fear, obligation, or guilt, cancel it. And you don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to justify, defend, or explain your no. Somebody invites you to something and it doesn't resonate. 
You don't have to say, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I'm so sorry. I wish I could go. You can just say, thank you for inviting me. I'm not able to go. And that would be a great place to start. I love that. I love that. Um, and I saw Gulvig was like, yes, <laughs> right. So the real takeaway there is the, you know, follow that. What it's that inner, what I call the inner pot compass of does this, does this lift uplift me or does this deplete me, right? You put it like, does this light me up or am I saying yes to this out of obligation? Um, because that energy will show up with you, right? Yeah. And that's, that is magnetic. That is divinely feminine. Absolutely. So Gulvig, there is this push-pull energy that I was talking about that happens with money that is especially prevalent in the spiritual and healing arts world. We have many people in the audience who want to step up and become entrepreneurs, share their healing gifts with the world. And more so this happens with women around than men. Can you provide everyone listening with clarity around what money actually is, right? And how it has been victimized and how to connect with money healthily. Money is the, is the physical embodiment of creation and relationship. So with money, we have a reciprocation where there is a relationship or a commitment or contract that is provided, regardless if you're buying a, a, a therapy or you're buying a cup of coffee. There is a commitment that one, the, one party is agreeing to something else and you're agreeing to, in return to give them a contract in the form of money, as well as going into a relationship, even if that relationship is just going through the drive-thru. If you got a cold cup of coffee that's half full, you would have the right to say the contract of this relationship, it, you're not fulfilling it and you and return it and you would have every right to get your money back. The other thing too, that's kind of this um, that I found with working with a lot of spiritual teachers who are you know new and they're, and they're trying to um, create a business is there is this feeling of if I charge, then somehow I'm either going to be thought, thought of as being inauthentic, just doing it for money. Or the other thing is, is that, well, healing is a birthright. So who am I to charge for this? The thing is, is that healing has never been free. And this is a mythos that has somehow, I think, is pervaded more in a patriarchal religious circles that has poisoned the spiritual circles. Um, because the gurus of the East, not only would you have to give up your entire livelihood to learn what they are teaching in the monastery, um, you, 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 that is like a huge payment. And now you get the, we get the offer, those kind of offerings through yoga and through a lot of the other spiritual teachings and energy practices and bodywork practices and chakras, all of this. We get that ancient wisdom for what? few hundred, maybe a few thousand dollars. That's a steal of a deal. It's a steal of a deal. You don't have to give up your entire livelihood anymore and go live in a monastery. So religious practices, healing has never been free. And even when there was a free exchange where the person who was actually being healed was, didn't actually have to pay for it, like when they went to a monastery to be, to be healed and they weren't wanting to go there to, to practice, there, the monastery had patrons. So the whole community was financially 
was financially supporting this monastery or whatever community it was. And in exchange for the spiritual, spiritual support, healing, and guidance that they could provide. So there has always been some sort of contract that required the exchange of creative life force and relationship, either through money or trading produce or goats or whatever it was, there was, there was always been an exchange. And the thought that there shouldn't be an exchange, I think, is actually more of a perversion that patriarchy has created that is, that, that is the same kind of energy that puts the defined feminine in the role of either prostitute or mother. Yeah, I 100% agree. Absolutely. To our audience members, as we're breaking open this topic that, as Gulvig said, as soon as we talk about it in the business world with budding entrepreneurs, there's this kind of energy. Yeah. So as you know, maybe you're getting activated, maybe you're, you, you know, maybe this is opening your mind, whatever that is, you know, I'm taking questions here in the chat. So um, I get to actually ask your questions. So if you want to ask either of these experts, you know what it is, they are centered around now, you can post those in the chat, and I'll ask as many of them as I can. Rebecca, to be a leader of a business means being visible and sharing yourself in order to connect with potential clients, people who want your services, that we benefited by your services. But ego can get involved when you get caught up in questioning whether you're good enough. And so how do you move through that to show up for others? Yeah, that's a worthiness question that I think a lot of women struggle with as far as visibility and showing up on social media and I would say, first of all, do it messy. I am a recovering perfectionist and I would not do it unless I thought I could do it well. But in order to learn a new skill, which is more visibility showing up online, you and I had to learn to do it messy. And I would say that done is better than perfect. I am striving for imperfection today. I used to strive for perfection. Now I strive for imperfection. So if I strive for imperfection, I can hit the ball out of the park every time. I like saying to myself, I am not a mistake if I make a mistake. I also like to say that failure is the fertilizer for success. There is no failure. I either win or I learn. So that is how we learn is on the path of being a successful entrepreneur. Failure is part of the journey. And we have energy around failure like it's bad or it makes us wrong or feel small. It's just information to learn from. And the information is totally neutral and it's designed to help you get to your next step. And I also like using the an acronym NATO. I try to stay NATO, not the government institution, but NATO means not attached to the outcome. I am in the action business. God is in the results business. So I take the action. I show up. I give. I'm of service. And that's it. The results are up to God. And I have faith that whatever the results are, they are for my highest good. 
And I will tell you that this affirmation has really helped with my conversation of not enoughness. And it's, I am enough. I have enough. I am willing to set myself free. I am willing to set myself free from not enoughness. How free would you be if you didn't have that conversation? How outrageous could you be? How much fun could you have? How playful could you be? And those are all qualities of the divine feminine. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. It's I love that one. Not attached to the outcome, which uh, I love that as a, um, a, a, a a philosophical teaching of Buddhism that I always reference and is so powerful, especially for me in business to practice non-attachment. And I think that is really great in how to take action because something I didn't share with you, Rebecca, but you answered it right here is so many people in the audience have a struggling to take action. And so when we have that pressure of being perfect, which is conditioned into us, especially as women, then it really inhibits us, right, from being able to move forwards. But if we have that, you know, um, do it messy, or striving for imperfection, or that right downer, right? I win or I learn. I win or I learn. Both are great, right? You either you either succeed or you gain the wisdom, right? And so not attached to the outcome, I think, is so powerful in being able to move. So the great question to ask is, what is it that you have, you know, what is the pressure that you're putting on yourself? And how can you shift that expectation and see how that opens up the capacity to move within you? Gulvig, so many women are dissatisfied within the, the cultural heroism of the patriarchy that leaves a nagging sense that something with their soul is unfulfilled. So what I mean by that is, you know, they go through those preconditioned roles. You just talked about the mother, right? So the in the patriarchy, what's typically allowed is the maiden, the mother, and the wise woman. Um, if we deviate from those and embody different paradigms of feminine energy, um, then it is much more of a cosmic hero's journey. But the 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 path of, you know, maybe we get an education, maybe then we uh, get a job, right? And it's a very specific job, like a nurse or a secretary or whatever those those things are. Um, and then, you know, it's kind of this, this trajectory of maybe then I get married, then I have children, and then I stay at home and whatever that is. But it can lead to this emptiness, this hollowness, this nagging, and, and that nagging is what I call the cosmic the cosmic heroism being nagging within you. So how can we get clear on our purpose and take action on it? So there, it is a process and there's a couple of different pieces to that. One would be inner child healing is usually at the foundation of that journey because the reason why a lot of folks have a hard time aligning with their purpose or having clarity is because joy, a lot of us have experienced growing up that joy is one of those things that just kind of gets pushed to the side, especially once we go into like school age and we start learning that what's really valuable is discipline and being told what to do. And I find it very interesting that we, at least growing up in the era that I grew up in, I think things are changing a bit now, but Traditionally, we have a system set in place where um, we invite children to be very rigid, to stand in line and to, you know, into um, 
uh, respond to bells. And we like, it's, it's very much designed to create good factory workers. And then suddenly when we're 18, we're supposed to be these self manifested aware adults that are aligned with our purpose and can speak our truth and be in our full authentic greatness. And that is not um, reasonable. So it's not your fault. It's not your fault if you feel a little lost or a little empty because our culture has yet to remember that joy is a birthright and is something that needs to be nurtured and fostered. And where we find that is usually with the inner child and to, and I have a um, process that I call trans therapy that helps to unlock um, what the inner child has to say and what it is that they need to feel loved, supported and integrated. So powerful. And I see so many questions for you in the chat that I get to come back and ask you there. Um, and so that what I really heard is that the inner child is where the joy resides. And so we've been, like you said, factory workers in the industrial revolution. We made to be good little workers, right? Uh, now we can be replaced by AI and robots. And so now it's interesting to see if we're going to have a renaissance of the healing arts now that those things are automated. Um, but yeah, it's totally, it totally makes sense, right? It absolutely makes sense. And so to go in and reclaim those lost parts of ourselves is the pathway to reclaiming our innate joy. Um, I love that. Uh, Rebecca, many people here want to start a business. How on earth could someone start a business? I think um, I want to hear some questions in the chat. So if you are wanting to start a business, like what is your question? But where did you start? Did it come through? Um, you know, you talked about having a six figure um, side income right? Uh, working part-time. How on earth did you create that? I'm sure everybody here is dying to know. Yeah. So it starts from having an aligned life and not uh, putting money first, which is counterintuitive because I have seven pillars of abundance. People think I'm going to make a ton of money. Then I'll have time to work out and hire a trainer. Then I'll look hot and I'll meet my soulmate. Then we'll go on spiritual retreats and we'll socialize with other couples and be happy. And the seven figures of a uh, six, uh, I'm sorry, I'm so excited about money. I'm saying seven figures now because of Goldvig's chat. This uh, seven pillars of abundance will help you create a six figure side hustle because you are balanced, you are magnetizing, you're in your feminine, you're not in hustle. So most business coaches say if they're in the masculine paradigm, Quit your job, max out your credit cards, put yourself in a do or die situation where you are forced to make money to pay your bills. And that is how you start your own business. I am the opposite. I believe in magnetizing, being in your feminine. Keep your job because that's going to help you pay your bills and it's going to help you be centered and in your feminine. And that way you can create out of contribution, not desperation. And once you have that philosophy that it's not, oh my God, I got to create this business or I'm not going to pay my bills, you can start to explore your life purpose. So um, on my link tree, which I'm sure Rose will share, I actually have a free guide to find your meaningful and magnetic purpose. But some of the questions you can ask yourself if you don't already have a business in mind are, you know, what would I do if I didn't get paid? 
What would I talk about for 30 minutes without checking my notes? What do people come to me for advice on? What would I do if I won the lottery? What am I just naturally good at? What did I love to do? Talk about the inner child that Golvig mentioned. What did I love to do when I was a little kid? What do, what am I doing when I feel most alive and connected? And those are just some questions. Uh, What do people come to you for advice on? What all these things. And then finally, to go back to your first question, Rose, what is a challenge that you've overcome? Because your message could be in your mess and how you overcame that. So these are all great questions to ask yourself to create a business. And then it's just following a coach like myself, who has a program, create a six-figure side hustle, following a system and strategy to launch that business with the schedule and the income you have to invest in it, and then sticking to the schedule. I feel like time blocking is everything when you're launching a six-figure side hustle, and I like to call them power hours, setting up your power hours during the week where those are the hours you're focusing on your business. I don't care if you have five hours a week, you can launch a business in just five hours a week. And it's just about sticking to those hours and having fun while you're doing it. Having fun gets it done. And if it's a dread, oh my God, I got to do my power hour. You're not going to stick to it. So get excited about your vision. What are you creating in the long term? Some of the tasks are mundane, but getting excited about your vision, having a power at power hour schedule. And these are some things that can start you on the path toward launching your six-figure side hustle. I love that. Yeah, it's 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 so wonderful because as I said to many say to many of my clients as well, it's like your business, your J O B, your job, right? Can be the your essentially it's your own business loan. Right. It allows you to have that safety and have that crossover as you're creating whatever it is that's coming to be birthed here into the world. So I think that's so beautiful. And I love that you presence to what I call the queen energy, that you hire your team. You don't do this alone. You don't do this in isolation. You must have someone to co-regulate with, someone who knows the the process, the successful process, because otherwise you're just like a bumblebee just like, you know, bumbling around and hitting into things, right? You're just, um, actually, bumblebees are magnificent creatures. But, you know, I just imagine it's like this, uh, you know, it's just like if there's so much noise out there that a bee can get kind of lost with the, with being able to orient itself. So the queen energy is really to to hire your team. Who do you need to support you on your council, on your team, so that you can step into that queen energy of leading your vision? So beautiful, so beautiful. So Gulvig, this question has come up twice in the chat. Talk more about giving the money this archetype of the goddess. How can we connect with her, right? I love that you're referring almost like we talked about Mother Nature or Pachamama as her, right? She, we refer that way. Um, You've depersonalized money from it. You're saying she. You're referring to the goddess of money and how we can connect with these, this goddess archetype of money. Tell us all about that. What does that mean? How can we connect with the goddess energy of money? 
I think that it might be helpful for me to just give kind of like a cliff notes overview of what her story is. And so, um, so it was inspired by Hindu mythology. So in Hindu mythology, the great divine father and mother is Shakti is the mother and Shiva is the divine masculine. And it said that they are eternally in lovemaking and that is what creates the entire universe. Well, from their lovemaking came three siblings and it was desire, power, and money. And of all the three, money is the most like her mother Shakti. And so um, at some point, we don't know exactly why, there was a great divorce between Shiva and Shakti. And this is what has caused patriarchy and the rippling effect of all of the other oppressive systems that are basically byproducts of it. So it's basically separation consciousness between our divine feminine and our divine masculine is what has caused this divorce. And so with this divorce, there's nobody watching the kids. So then desire and power start becoming, um, going out of control and money has the ability to channel. She's the only one she can channel her other two siblings energy to manifest and create relationship. So they essentially kidnap her and they traffic her so that they can have more desire, more power and create this vast, uh, palace to their own egos. And so the way to rescue her and all of us is to first connect with the sacredness of money. Money is sacred. It's a sacred energy. And it, there's, there's no coincidence that throughout time, um, vital resources and creativity and beauty are all represented typically by the same goddesses. Lakshmi, for example, is a goddess of beauty and wealth. Freya, the Nordic goddess of the of the Norse, she is a the the goddess of fertility, abundance, and wealth. Because in that time, how many cattle you had was a symbol of your wealth. So now we have something. We have different different symbols, but it's the same energy. So time and time again, we see that the goddesses that are associated with nature and beauty are also associated with abundance. And that's no coincidence, especially when we see this same pattern showing up time and time and time again across cultures and across time. And so to to connect with her and to heal that is to be really conscientious about how we channel our money. And this is one of the reasons why it's really important to know what gives you joy and what's a distraction. Distraction by itself isn't bad. There's nothing wrong with sitting down and watching a funny movie after after a stressful day. But if it becomes a crutch that we're leaning on because something vitally inside is aching with emptiness, then something's off. Now we're supplementing something that's vital to our being with basically something that's that's empty it's distraction so learning what your joy is and then aligning your money to support that is how we heal that and it doesn't have to be perfect we can get really over analytical when it comes to honoring the sacredness of money 
it's really easy to get into this trap of like, oh, like I better not buy that because of, you know, whatever, because of, of an environmental concern, you know, like, oh, I really love that, that, that clothes, but you know, is it, is it made in a sustainable way, you know, and we can get, and it's not bad to ask those questions, but what we really need to be asking ourselves is what is the best way that I can channel my money that will support my actual joy? Do I really need that garment? Is that garment going to really give me joy? Is it going to stay in my wardrobe in a way long enough for it to really give me joy? Or is it something that I'm buying simply to, you know, put a bandaid on a gaping wound? So that's how we heal money. That's how we align with her. Was that so helpful to everyone that was watching and listening about, you know, personalizing the money as divinely feminine, as goddess energy? I think it's so fascinating when we do look through all of the different lineages of goddesses, we see the, the you know, like Frey you talked about with fertility, right? And um, and Lakshmi and, and all of these, it's, it's across, you know, all, all kind of religions, all um, you know, uh, theologies, I'll say it that way, they all have parallels and they all have a divine feminine figure who does rule over money. Um, and so it's so beautiful to connect with that energy. Um, it's interesting you said that when we're, when we, we create, you know, when we create a sacred relationship with money, that we can feel, bring in that overly masculine, perhaps, you know, getting overly analytical, right? So honoring money might feel like, okay, we need a spreadsheet, but I love what you talked about bringing joy, right? Bringing in joy and bringing in that energy there, that divinely feminine energy. I remember studying with one coach who said, you know, do I love it? Do I like it? Do I want it? Do I need it? Yes. So the only things that you, you know, if you love it or you need it, right? Those are the things that you buy. But if you like it or want it, like those are the things that you don't buy, um, which is so interesting, right? And it's similar to Marie Kondo, who's like, does this spark joy? Does this spark joy, which is so beautiful. Rebecca, I want to touch on visibility because when we step into creating our own, what I call the cosmic hero's journey, when we step into sharing whatever our unique gift is with the world, it can feel like a salmon going upstream. It can feel like a tough journey. So how is it that you have been able to be authentic, be true to yourself, speak your truth? Um, has it ever been scary to do that? And if so, how did you um, how did you work with that in order to be vulnerably visible? Yeah, I like to say that I I am uh, unapologetically authentic, and I think that a good step to being unapologetically authentic is to stop saying I'm sorry. We say it as women a million times a day, like, oh, I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry for that. Like, even if somebody's like walking out of the bathroom at Starbucks and I'm walking in, they'll say, I'm sorry. And I'm like, for what? For getting to the bathroom first? Like, there's no need to say, I'm sorry as much as we do. So I would say to stop apologizing and to stop and to start owning space. So women are taught, oh, you know, 
sit with your legs, sit with everything crossed. Don't take up a lot of space. Have you guys ever sat next to a guy on the plane? They're like, oh my God, their knee is in your area, their elbow. And we're like, whoo, you know, so I'm talking about take up psychic space, take up energetic space. Like when you walk into a room, take up space. So how do you do that? Smile at everybody, make eye contact, you know, look at what can I bring to the party? When we're playing it small and we're being invisible, we're like in the corner of the party, like just drinking our fruit punch and not wanting to like take up space, walk into the room, smile at everyone. When I come from contribution and generosity, I'm taking up space and it's fun. People want a smile. They want eye contact. They want love. And another thing is when I come from that same energy online, coming from contribution, focusing out, not thinking of, oh my God, you know, my hair's not good. My makeup's not good. My lighting's not good. What if nobody watches? Do you guys know how many Facebook lives I've done where nobody has watched? Too many to count. Do you know how many videos I've done that have gotten zero views and zero likes on YouTube? Too many to count. But I am focused on that one person that needs to hear my message. And I realize these videos that I'm putting out, somebody might hear it, not hear it or resonate with it for 10 or 20 years, but one person will hear it and they'll hear one thing in my video that gets them to the next step of their growth development and unfoldment, and it'll be worth it. So think about who are you talking to? What do you want them to feel, achieve? What call of action do you want them to have? And just keep focusing out, focus out, focus out. Do not worry about the results. Again, to talk about what we, what I mentioned earlier, be of service, be in your vision, focus out. And something you can do today is listen to yourself. And when you apologize, think of something else to say. Like if you're late, oh, I'm so sorry for being late. You can just say, I acknowledge I was running behind, but I'm excited to be here now. And that is my uh, opinion on being more visible and unapologetically authentic. Yeah, you get to take up space. You get to take up space. You were not born on this planet for no reason at this time. (laughs) Thank you. I love what Shannon shared in the chat too. She practices this by walking down the sidewalk and actually walking her path and not auto jumping out of the way for everyone else and taking up space. It's something that I practice as well. It's so funny that we share that. I remember having a, a, a sudden awareness of, oh my goodness, I'm allowed to assert my will into the world. I, I, I felt like, I think, conditioned in the UK where we say sorry at the end of every sentence and the start of every sentence, right? You know, I, I felt like I was, I needed to skirt around and, and just kind of not get in anyone's way, not cause any bother, keep quiet, like all of this stuff. And I had this realization, like, I get to assert my will into the world as, as much as anyone else. And, and actually, I'm supposed to. And there's not a, you know, it's not a mistake I was born at this time in this world, right? I'm here for a reason. And so I love that. 
that you know that you get to take up space and do it for the one person um, makes me think of uh, you know uh, I had a client that I was coaching on running a webinar and she said okay I um, I only had four people that I was like let's change that word right there because I've done webinars to one person right and it takes that right Rebecca did lives with no one watching I've done webinars and lives with no one watching hundreds of them right it, but if you if you do it for that one person that is what motivates you I can feel like my whole body like lighting up right do it for the one person do it for the one person right so so motivating Gulvig do you want to jump in on that on being visible what is your because you share you're talking about goddess energy you're talking about the spirit of money you know you're talking about things that may not be mainstream so how do you work with being visible Feel yourself, queen. Feel yourself. Mm. Yes. And so, like, basically whatever you have to do to feel like a diva. You know, we, we kind of, like, demonize this, this term diva, you know, where it's just like, oh, you're entitled, you know, you feel, you know, like, but you're, you're like a snowflake. But diva was actually at one point in time, a very glamorous opera singer. Like she let her voice sing. It, it was her job, her duty to be seen and to be heard in all of her greatness and all of her glory. So embody that archetype, be that diva. And if somebody says, oh, you're a diva, like, mm, yeah, thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Own yeah. it, own it. And sometimes, you know, like, I know this sounds really cliche, but like sometimes, you know, they say fake it till you make it. It's not going to feel natural at first. If you're not used to taking up space, it's going to, there's going to be some growing pains to that because your energy is literally expanding. Like you are growing. So anything that you can do to make yourself feel beautiful, to make yourself feel empowered, to make yourself to step in, even if it's something you have to imagine at first, whatever that is, the one thing too about your mind is that it doesn't know the difference between your imagination and reality. Anything that you emotionally feel creates a chemical response in your brain. So anything that you can do to feel like you really own the space around you, do it. Play with it. Explore. Yeah. The one thing on, on my, the free gift that I'm giving is a five minute, um, heart healing, of um, um, something I do every morning and your entire auric field is, um, is the engine of that is your heart chakra. And, um, so this particular meditation that it literally takes five minutes at the most, um, it helps us align with gratitude, which I know also sounds cliche because we've all heard that gratitude is the attitude of joy, but it literally does help to fortify that field. And it also aligns us with abundance and empowerment versus lack, scarcity, and victimhood. 
Mm, beautiful. So everyone watching, uh, it's posted in the chat. Make sure you grab Gulvig's free gift of that heart opening practice so that you can actually work with this, right? As you're expanding your energy field. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's in the link. If you're on the replay, it's right underneath the video. Rebecca, what is your free gift and who is it for? Who should grab it? I met a woman named Janet when I was at a 12 step meeting and she's like, this is how you write a God journal. And I started doing it that next day. I've now added a couple journal prompts and I call it my daily abundance journal. And it has changed my life. I have so many volumes of it that I could just like fill a room and I do it every day. It helps me learn from my journey what am I learning? What am I working toward? Learning from others, acknowledging myself, acknowledging others. There are some journal prompts in there that will change your life and you'll have a practice of learning how to switch your mind from scarcity to abundance. And you all get to have that journal. It is an amazing gift. And I'm so excited for you guys to write in it and share with me what came up for you and how your life is shifting and how you're quantum leaping using this tool. It's an amazing, amazing tool. And I'm excited to share it with you guys. Mm, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. Oh my goodness. These go so fast. I'm so grateful to every single person who showed up here today, whether live or on the recording. Thank you for bringing your energy. Thank you for sitting through what may have been an activating or uh, uncomfortable conversation so that we could learn the truth and we can break free of the shackles that would hold us down when we know inside there is a part of us that is yearning to be expressed. And so thank you for showing up for yourself. We're going to continue this conversation in the inner circle next. If you want to join us, the link will be posted right there, as well as if you want replays, right? If you want lifetime access to this series, wow, so powerful. I myself We'll be going back through and listening to each one and taking, I mean, these are kind of notes that I'm doing every day, but I will be going back through and taking more notes, right? Because there are th pieces of gold in here. And when we can go back, it's what I call like my A plus students, right? They show up live and then they go and watch the recording and I do that too. So if you want to get the replays, you can do that when you grab your inner circle ticket as well. You get lifetime access. I want to thank you, Rebecca and Gulvig, for doing your work in the world, for being visible, for being abundant, for breaking the shackles of the patriarchy, for being authentic to who you are. It is no easy journey. And thank you for presencing the pain that you went through, the starting again that you went through. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, I have tingles everywhere because it empowers people here that are on a similar journey. So thank you for persevering. Thank you for being resilient through that journey. Thank you for sharing yourself. Thank you for that courage. Thank you for modeling that for us. I want to give each of you a uh, uh, an opportunity to say final words before we complete today. Rebecca. Thank you for your kind words, Rose. I really acknowledge them. Thank you for all the beautiful women that are on a path of personal growth and that are part of Rose's lovely community. Rose is a beacon of transformation. I'm so happy to call her a soul sister. My final words are to follow the light follow the love, go where the love is. Don't go to dark places and deplete yourself. 
Go where you are welcomed and loved and celebrated. You don't have to convince anyone of your worth. You don't have to convince anyone of your beauty. If you find yourself convincing, you're talking to the wrong person. People that are meant to be in your world as lovers, as friends, as business partners and clients, they will see you and they will acknowledge you and they will lift you up and love you. So follow the love. And that is my final word. Thank you. Thank you for the reminder there. And Gulvig, final words before we complete today. I don't know how I would follow that. That was so beautiful. Thank you, Rebecca. And thank you, Rose, for creating this beautiful sacred space and for healing and camaraderie and community. And the thing that comes to my mind as far as any kind of blessing um, is that the goddess is you. Like there's no separation between you and the goddess, the divine, the spirit. It is you. And when you celebrate yourself, you're celebrating the divine spirit and you're allowing love to shine through you. All love starts with self-love. So be well, goddesses. Thank you for that reminder. Everyone, unmute yourselves. You can say thank you. It just You can just unmute, speak, say thank you to these speakers. I'll see you again tomorrow, 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. British summer time for our penultimate session. Oh, my goodness. We're getting to the end of it. Ah, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Very much. Incredible. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Goldberg. Bye. Thank you you for accepting Rose's invitation to this day. Um, (laughs) Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. I'm your host, Rebecca Whitman, taking you from burned out and overwhelmed to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I am hosting a weekly women's circle on Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, where you get to experience my coaching for free. It is open and it is amazing for accountability, support, and community. All you have to do is go to the link in bio to reserve your spot, and I can't wait to meet you on a live Zoom call. I also am having an amazing summer promotion called the Five Day Drop. Lose five pounds in five days, guaranteed. It's a great way to detox your body. It's a metabolism reset, and it will help you feel balanced, beautiful, and abundant all summer long. So make sure you go to the link in my bio to learn about the five-day drop. I am so appreciative of you listening to my show. The best compliment you could ever pay me is to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend because I know you know other people who want to go from burned out and overwhelmed to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Bye.